0: Hey, well, I don't know if you heard the news uh, this week, but I was reading in, um, in USA Today, and there's a story about a tragic death. Um, so I don't know if you heard, but the Pillsbury Doughboy died this year. This year. Died of a yeast infection, actually. Uh, he was 71. So Do- Doughboy was buried in lightly greased coffin. Dozens of celebrities turned out to pay their respects, including Mrs. Butterworth, Hungry Jack, the California Raisins, Betty Crocker, the Hostess Twinkies, Captain Crunch, as well as Garrett Petty, I heard.
1: <laughs>
0: Witnesses say that the gravesite was piled high with flowers. Flower, get it? <laughs> Aunt Jemima delivered the eulogy and lovingly described the, described the Doughboy as a man who never really knew how much he was needed. Do- <laughs> Doughboy rose quickly in show business, but his later life was filled with turnovers. He was not considered a very smart cookie, wasting much of his dough on half-baked schemes. Despite being a little flaky at times, he still, as a crusty old man, was considered a role model for millions. Doughboy is survived by his wife, Play-Doh, their two small children, John Doe and Jane Doe, and there's also one in the oven. His elderly father, Pop-Tart, was also on hand from the memorial service. Sources say that the funeral was held at 3.50 for about 20 minutes. Obviously, that's not a true eulogy. But it made me think, uh, if there was a eulogy written about the church, about our church, but just about about the church as a whole, what would it say? If there was a eulogy written about the church, what would it say? What would we be remembered for? And... As I thought through that, I thought, you know, there really is a eulogy that's been written for the church, the early church, for the church as it started 2,000 years ago. And tonight what I wanna do is I wanna take a few minutes and look through what defined the church. What was the picture of the church? What what did this eulogy, this picture that we see, what, what happened there? And as we look at that, what are we called to? Tonight's kind of this, uh, this vision casting, this looking at what are we as community life church called to? And to help us do that, we're going to look back so that we can look forward. To start with, we're going to open up uh, in Acts chapter uh, 5, verses 42 through 47. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up or you can follow along on the screen and, uh, and watch along with us. And this is what it says. This picture of the early church, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. That's not the right thing. says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Here's this eulogy, this picture of the New Testament church, of the early church, and what it looked like. Isn't this a cool description of the church? I just want you to pause for a quick minute and just kind of think about some of the things that, uh, are, that we see in this picture. There's this life. Did anybody feel that as you read this? There's this like, almost this, the word I, I come to my mind is there's this movement. This momentum this kind of breathing organism not a not a uh, a stoic kind of church um, not that church is bad don't please don't mishear me but there's not this stoic religious function but there's this life-giving organism that's breathing and moving and people are engaging and excited and did you get that kind of feel as you read this and if you didn't maybe do you get now in these seven verses, Luke gives us this picture of six things that were modeled by the first century church. And in our, in our closing couple minutes tonight, what I want to do is look through six words that define the early church, but also that I hope and pray will define us as Community Life Church. They're words, uh, but more than words, they're activities. Uh, Their commitments, uh, and they're things that'll never expire. They're things uh, that should always define the work and the word of Jesus Christ. And so, as I share these six words, here's my here's my kind of my call and my my uh, invitation to you tonight to do this. I want to ask you, I want to ask you to ask yourself the question. Ask this simple question. Uh, have I committed myself to these things? What do these things, these six words that we're going to talk through tonight, what does that look like in my life? As this call was, and this, this eulogy, this picture of the first century church as we see it, but as we understand that there's this call to us as the church today, what does that look like for me? So as we dig through these six words, just to, to, keep, to kind of keep that in the back of your mind, what, what, is, what am I doing at this? What does that look like for me? I'm going to touch on them pretty quick because there's six of them, but I uh, will jump through them. So the first one, and we talked a bit more about this last week, but the first thing that we see in this passage, in this eulogy, in this picture of the early church was that the word is pictured by the word gathering. In verse 46, Luke writes these words describing the consistency in which the believers gathered together. It says this, Every day, Read it. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. The first century church gathered together regularly. They met together on a regular basis. There was this unwavering devotion to this consistent practice. Is it possible that sometimes we undervalue the importance of gathering together like this? is it possible that sometimes we minimize the significance of participating in a service like this i'm not suggesting or or trying to pretend that the way they gathered in the first century is the way we gather today and i don't think it should be and i don't think it will be identical that's not the point of this but i'm simply saying that luke noticed and he felt that it was important enough to tell us to include in this narrative that the first century believers met together They assembled together. May we never forget that. In Hebrews chapter 10, we see this. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, which is the passage we looked at last week. So simply said, and I'm going to touch on this because we talked about it more last week, but are you committed? Are you devoted to the practice of meeting, of gathering, of assembling, of coming together together? May I encourage you this year, 2018, 2019, to renew your commitment to gathering together? Can I also encourage you something else? Chances are you're here already and you're already committed to that. But there may be other people, part of our church on the fringes, exploring faith, that aren't. Can I encourage you to encourage them? Can I encourage you to encourage them? what does it look like? Hey, come on out. Come gather together. This is important to be together. It's important to commit to this. This is something that we want to be about as a church. I really felt like as we're kind of looking at the, and we're a small church and we're just getting started and we're kind of going, but I felt like there's this piece right now where I feel like we're on the edge of just kind of going. And there's something that I, one of the pieces that I felt like, To see that happen, and it's this word that I kind of shared as I read this, was that momentum, that movement. And part of what it takes for that movement and that momentum is this consistency. It takes people gathering together consistently. We're kind of doing life on a regular basis, and there's this breathe in this life. So can I encourage you, the regular people, already to encourage others as you encourage yourself? The second word that we see uh, in this eulogy, this picture of the early church Is the word connecting is, is pictured by the word connecting More than just gathering More than just getting together The early church Was, was pictured by this, 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 this idea of connecting and, and I think they're different things Gathering and connecting Both are important but both are, but, but, but they serve a different purpose in in verse 46b, Luke writes these words describing the intimacy, the closeness, the meaningful connections that the first century church shared. And this is what he wrote. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. It's interesting. Uh, you know, as we think about this, this, this is a picture of communion. They broke bread. They they recognized Christ. And, and often we, we kind of equate that with this uh, religious thing that we would do in church. With this cup and this juice and the or cup and the bread and and this kind of uh, sacrament. And there's nothing wrong with that. But but in this in the early church, it was actually this picture of fellowship, of this connection, of this closeness, where they recognized and they would do it on a regular basis. I actually you know it, it's fascinating. This picture of of the breaking bread, and, and you think about Jesus, man, the guy was no doubt he was brilliant, but he was brilliant. He used something that they did every day. And he said, remember me in this. It was never intended to be something that was made into this sacrament and this religious ordinance thing. It was something that was designed to be done every day. Every time you sit. That's what he said. Every time you do this, remember me. Well, I don't know about you, but I usually eat at least three times a day. Like, how cool. Remember me. This opportunity, every time they, they broke bread, they ate together, to remember me. And there's this closeness that happens. As we become close with Christ, we become close with each other. It wasn't just gathering. It was this closeness. And as a church, you know, it's... and you. you Many of you know this, but this is our heart and our passion is we want to have that family, a community that's more than just a gathering point, more than just a group or a, a, a crowd of people, but a, a, a family that, that knows each other, cares about each other, breaks bread, shares meals together. Um, some of the ways that you might be able to engage in that. Um, um, and I, and I want to encourage you, we're going to do a few things this year. Uh, to sort of help continue to do that, and one of the ways we're going to do that is we're actually going to do a, we're going to call it our community table, and once a month uh, we'll put a schedule pretty quick here uh, we're going to have just a potluck so after church, kind of invite everybody to bring food with them, sit down, and just share a meal where we just laugh together and eat together and do life. so once a month still to share a meal together, similar to what we've been doing in our host churches, kind of up until this point, but wanted to continue that as a church as we gather together. So in the same space, all here, but eating together. Yeah, I love to eat too, so you had me at food. Um, But we want to do that. Another way that you can engage in this, and and it's another, I really think that this is, it's an important part of that connecting, but it's in smaller groups. So our, our women's Bible studies are another way for... Garrett, come on, Garrett. We're holding up the guy in here tonight. But for everybody else in the room tonight, for everybody else in the room tonight, our women's Bible studies are awesome. So I think Danielle, you know more about. But Thursday, Thursday mornings is the Starting first one. Yeah. This
2: coming week, Thursday. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be added to the group, we kind of meet at
0: different homes each week, so I can add you to the group if you want to. Totally. Update. Yeah.
2: There's
1: another one
0: Yeah, there's another one on evenings. So if you're a working mom and uh, you can't do that, or not just if you're working, not a mom, that's allowed as well. And uh, and there's one in the evenings as well. So there's a couple different Bible studies, and that's another great way to get closer, where you pray for each other, open God's word together, and uh, get to know each other more. And um, yeah, so I want to encourage you. Yeah, and the guy's not yet happening, but it's gonna happen. We're doing it, buddy. It's coming. It's coming. Share a meal together to connect to get close together. This picture of the first, the early church, they gathered together and they were close. The third word that kind of pictured who they were and what they were doing is the word growing. In in chapter two, verse forty-two of Acts, it says this: They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. And this was Luke's way of affirming this unwavering commitment that they had to spiritual growth. They they followed what the apostles were teaching. They, They continued to read and learn. And they were growing on their own. Growth was never intended to happen as a believer and as a Christian. Only on Sundays, only in church. To to be honest, that's sort of like new young Christian kind of stuff. But as we're going, (laughs) Oh, that was really loud. We're called to be growing on our own. (laughs) Wow, that's really loud. We're called to be growing on our own. And there's a couple of ways, you know, opening up the Bible on a regular basis is one of those ways. I don't know if that's a habit that you have, if that's something that's sort of been a part of your rhythms or your routines but can I encourage you in this year as the early church as this picture as we want to be as a church we want to be a group of people that are growing and there's some cool ways Um, I don't know anybody have a a phone does anybody have a phone anybody own a (laughs) phone yeah that's a dumb question that's almost a rhetorical question now right Um, you know there's some really there's this really cool Bible app on the phone it's kind of like the the most pop. Uh, pop. I, it's there's this cool Bible app on the on the uh, on your phones. Most of us have it, and uh, one of the ways that we've been doing. Um, Sheila actually showed me it because she's awesome. all tech savvy. Yeah, high, five, high, high air five.
2: I don't know how to
0: turn my TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, nailed it. Hey, but there's this cool um, there's this cool way that we you can actually join groups and read the bible together so you all get into one group and you actually go through and you kind of help hold each other accountable uh, you can share comments day by day and you kind of go like hey this is what was God was speaking to me through this this is what was going on in here and it's just a really cool way to do it where it's sort of you help you know kind of do it together you don't physically read together you do it on your own time when it works all of that so you know that, that, I just say that to say there are there's all kinds of cool ways that you can do this, but the, the call of this is to be a church that's growing. And my question to you be would to you would be, are you growing? Are you committed to this? Is that a part of your rhythms and your routines? Number four, the word serving is one of the things that so characterized the first century church. Not only did they serve one another, but they served people all around them. We see in that early church, in the Acts church, the deacons, they they waited on tables. They were sewing garments for the poor. They were practicing hospitality. And there was this expectation in the church, in the community. There was an expectation that people would serve. Um, in 1 Peter 4.10, it says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. As we read this eulogy of the first century church, you know what wasn't there? There was no picture of this consumer church or this consumer Christian. Just kind of, you just kind of come and you're just kind of, you just kind of take. That, that didn't exist that's not in here there's this all in this, this looking to christ as their example of selfless devotion sacrificial serving mark shows us and talks about that sacrificial giving that jesus did he says for even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others christ gives us this incredible picture of this call to serve and I want to encourage you, I, I'm not um, saying that, you know, everybody should be serving only here. I actually think quite the opposite. I think that we as the church are called to go. And Sheila, you, you kind of talked about that dark places tonight. I, I believe this. I think there's dark places in the world because Christians are too afraid to go there. And you talked about that, that, call, that picture of us being a light in dark places. Well, I I honestly, I think part of that call for us in serving is to go and serve in our communities as well. Not just to serve in the church, which is exactly the picture we see here. Yes, to serve in the church. Yes, to, to, you know, this happens because we serve and we do it together. But to take what God has given us and to serve Port Alberni. To go and coach hockey teams and to go and serve in... You name it. I mean, the, the, the needs are endless. But to seek out opportunities to serve. Mm-hmm. Love it. If, you're, if it's not happening in the walls of this building, please don't only happen in the walls of this building. What, what has God gifted you with? And where can you serve Port Alberni? So oh, my goodness. And there's so many, there's so many so opportunities. Amazing. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? And I want to be fair, too. I totally understand there's points of life where you'll have more time to do that, less time to do that. So please don't wear that as a weight on your shoulder. Like, oh, my goodness, I just can't do this because I have tiny little kids and I barely sleep right now. Like there are seasons and breathe points and all of that to this. God is a good God. But he asks us to use what we have, whatever that is. And he knows that and sees that. So can I encourage you? serving was a part of that number five the fifth word and really quickly i'm just going to wrap up so we're almost over time oh sorry i went too fast giving so there's no question that the new testament believers were extremely generous not only did they give in this sort of benevolent like this compassionate giving to people who had need but they also collected offerings in chapter 2 verse 45 of acts it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Can you even imagine that? Like I, I that one blows my mind. I, my own personal story. Uh, my grandfather twice in his life emptied his bank account to build churches. Like we're talking, so like in the 1960s to the tune of $30,000 each time. Which in the 1960s was a lot of money like emptied everything he had to go up into northern BC here in British Columbia and to build churches physically build the churches he was a builder that's what he loved to do and he emptied everything he had to go build churches twice twice he did that so I have that kind of heritage this like sell everything do it and I'm like oh my goodness like (laughs) but this is what they did this incredible generosity they gave how cool is that hey Like, actually, how cool cool is that? Now, I'm not encouraging you to go sell everything. Please pause there a moment. What I am encouraging you is this. They took what they had, and they did this. Chapter 16, verse 2, 1 Corinthians, it says this. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. God calls us. There's this picture, this, this requirement to put aside, to recognize that everything we have is already his. Everything we have is his. The breath in my lungs, right in this moment, is his. My very life, the ability to stand here, is his. The ability to make money and to work a job is his, Is from him. Everything I have is His. And out of that, he asks for just a small portion as a thank you, as a recognition for God, you have given me everything. The picture that the Bible uses is this first fruits. It was this idea of giving back the first, the best. Thank you, God, everything I have comes from you. And maybe as you read this, you kind of think, you know, the word in here, it says you're supposed to set aside a sum. Well, what does that mean? What does that word sum mean? And uh, so I looked it up and the actual definition in the Greek the, the text it actually literally means this a large amount of money more than you think. No, it doesn't mean that I'm just <laughs> But there's this picture that we're supposed to set aside a sum of money. And you may have noticed let's give it a minute here. You may notice that's not we don't actually collect an offering in our services. We never, not liter- literally not once have we ever collected an offering at Community Life Church in three years now. And we've done that very intentionally. And, and I'm not saying we won't at some point, but up until this point, I, you know, one of the biggest comments I've heard as people walk into the church is they just want my money. And we just said, you know what, we're, we're going to get rid of that barrier for people where they think that you have to pay to come to church. Because um, that's not what we're about. But that does not mean, and don't, don't misunderstand the lack of offering time, I, we believe so strongly that we are called to give. And we have all kinds of other ways to do it. So you can give online through our website. Uh, you can go give via, you can pull out your mobile phone right now and there's text to give where you can give via text message. Uh, you can give checks, um, all kinds of different ways you can give, but we don't do an offering time. So if you're interested in doing that, and many of you already do, um, You can chat with me and I can point you to the right places to do that and such like that. But as a church, as we see in the first early church, we want to be a church that gives. Lastly, really quickly, we're called to proclaim. In Acts chapter 5, verse 42, we see this. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah this first century church was so passionate and committed to sharing the gospel message that Jesus had had died and had rose again from the grave and that it has the power to change everything inside and outside. They devoted their time, their energy, their, their words to sharing Jesus. And likewise, we are called to do the same. What does that look like in our workplaces, in our families, in our community for each of us? And it will look different. What are we called to? What are you called to in proclaiming the message? Really simply tonight, the early church was committed to gathering, to connecting deeply to growing, to serving each other, to giving generously and to proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ everywhere they went. Our heart and our passion for Community Life Church as we go forward is that we would be a church, that we would be a people because the church isn't just this, it's not a building, it's not walls, it's us. That we would be a church that's committed to gathering, to connecting deeply, to growing to serving, to giving, and to proclaiming. Bow your heads with me as we just close. In a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this picture that we can see of the early church, this eulogy, this, this, uh, this capture, this moment, snapshot in time where we see this life-giving movement of people on mission together. God, tonight as we just um, pause for a moment, Father, we, we ask, would you just speak to us, God? There's, it kind of feels like a lot, uh, but w- if there's an area that maybe we need to work on, I need to work on tonight, whether gathering or connecting or growing or serving or giving or proclaiming, something that I need to maybe lean in and seek you more or, or step up in. God, I pray that right now, even in this moment, even as I'm praying right now, that you would just bring that to our hearts. And then, God, we just, we commit to you. We come and we commit to you, God, to, to, to be faithful to these things as a church, to be faithful to this, this call as, a, as a believers. And I thank you, God, that we don't do it alone, but you walk with us and you empower us and you strengthen us and you help us to walk this out. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for everything you've given us. In your name, amen. Amen. one of the things that we love to do is just take a quick minute uh, for kind of a little bit of Q&A. So there's questions. Or maybe something like God was speaking to you as we're talking. Or maybe even a challenge. Hey, I don't totally agree with that. Um, love to just take a couple minutes. And we're going to be careful on time because it's my fault but ran over a little bit. So um, Any questions,
2: comments? Yeah, I Melissa? A, I just have a comment. Yeah. I just think that it's our duty as human beings that we give back. Mm. Not necessarily it doesn't have to be money. Maybe yeah. one hour of your time sure. per week. Yeah. Or... Um, you know, it could be giving with food. I like to feed people. Like, sure. I just feel like it's our duty, you know, to just do something. Just something little. our community, which I'm, I'm huge at supporting our community, if we can just do one little thing, it, it means so much. I see, with my job, I see a lot. Of, I see the dark side a lot. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. So it doesn't always have
1: to be money. Yes, I agree. One hour of your time. Yep. or a hot pot of homemade soup thing.
2: The family just, yeah. I just feel it's so
0: important yeah it's a great thought because yeah. yeah we often talk about money but you're absolutely right yeah. I, you know and interestingly probably one of the most precious commodities in our in our culture and time right now is actually time mm-hmm. you know and the question of what does it look like to give God or even our first fruits of our time as well yeah. right?
2: Yeah. so many I don't have time I don't have
0: time, I don't yeah. Have time right yeah one hour.
2: Absolutely. You give
1: one
0: hour. Yeah, absolutely. That's no, a great thought. Yeah. Somebody else? Yeah, Megan. Just a few thoughts Cam. Just that because yeah. there was an earthquake. Um,
1: I think that we would be acting like that. Mm. Like the first church. Sure. Um and I don't know, I, for me that's a useful picture. Yeah. Like to um like when priorities you know, I mean priorities just Yeah, yeah you're like right. That just yeah. built Great thought, Megan. Mm-hmm. Another another thing, too, is that um, I was working the fryer at the connect booth. Okay. And they, one of the kinsmen
0: told me that the fryer is used uh, for four days a year at the fall fair. The which, yeah. sorry, the fryer? The fryer. Okay. That I was working on, I had a Oh, fryer. Yeah, yep. got it. Fryer,
1: yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I, Sure. like there's no if we just kept going at the speed we were with crews and sure. people just brought us food to cook we could feed the entire rank of our island like <laughs> and there would be nobody hungry Sure. Mm-hmm. like yeah. just with the resources and the right. third thought that
0: Thanks, Megan. Appreciate it. Anybody else? Last maybe question, thought? One more. I just have like, I really feel like lately that, like,
2: for myself personally, God is, like, calling me to, like, a season of discipline. Not that we're not always called to be disciplined, yep. but, like, calling me back to, like, a disciplined life. Okay. And maybe also, like, disciplining me. I haven't fully, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh... Still figuring it out. Figuring it out, sure. yeah. Cool. But, you know, like, this word, discipline, keeps coming to me, and so is okay. cool car um, yeah I'm to still figure out how that works in my life but yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool car thanks for sharing that that's very cool yeah, I think God's telling me the same thing carly and I think that not that I know that he did call us to a season of rest when we had Maxine I know that um, we did need to take a step back And even as far as like, the giving, um, if I think, oh, I don't have the money or I don't have the time, I think that I might, but either way, it, it first comes down to my attitude. Mm. And I find them challenging me with my attitude. So even if I'm running through Walmart with three kids and I have the attitude of, like, I'm on a mission, got to get in and get out as fast as I can, or I can have the attitude of open my eyes and see who might need a smile today. Sure. Or, like, there's this lady that she's come up to me three times now, and she doesn't know that she's come up to me three times and <laughs> asked me all the same questions. And okay. I don't know if she's all there, <laughs> but she has actually chased me down in the store just to stop me and ask me about my kids, and she wants to take a peek at the baby. And I was uh-huh. getting really frustrated with her I was like just leave me alone like I just like, I have to get in and as fast as I can this kid is potty training he might pee everywhere this baby pukes
1: everywhere
2: like, yeah. like I'm like on a mission
1: and he's challenging <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's challenging with my attitude like uh, maybe she is just really blessed to see a smiling baby and maybe next time you see her ask her how she's doing uh, you know like cool so even if I feel like I literally have zero time to spare I do have chance
0: to change my attitude mm-hmm. and that's how i can wow. also give wow that's a, that's, that that's
2: a yeah wow that's a great thought so honest. yeah thanks
0: daniel <laughs> no it's true though Bef- yeah. beyond even just our money or our time but even our attitudes it's another opportunity to give love it it's amazing great thought yeah i'm just gonna yeah really quickly just because i mm-hmm. you? Just like Yeah, there's lots that's of distractions, right. that's for sure. You're
1: taking, you know, yeah. your own life
0: to the Lord. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't... No, so no, I'm it's sorry. okay. I, I swear <laughs> they like time the No, it's good. It really not hurt to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, guys, I you know, I, I I love this conversation. It's a part of why we do this, but and I want to encourage you as you as you whether you've spoken or not, you know, as we're walking this out. Uh, This is not intended to be something that's heavy. It's not a weight to add to your shoulders. Oh, I got to give all the, you know. But rather, it's this opportunity that we have to actually do what God has wired us to do. And this is the cool part, is that as we do this, now I want to kind of bring you back to that picture when I read the first passage, this, this snapshot of the early church. There's life there. There's this vibrancy. There's this like breathe this like oh my goodness like i just want to be part of that and that's what comes as we're faithful to the things that god has called us and built us and wired us to do is there's this life is that cool and i I couldn't say yeah so that's my my encouragement to you is that we will do this and we'll see life so Thanks, everybody, for leaning in. Thanks for your time. And uh, don't forget to take your kids. So have a great night, everybody. God bless.